Good morning and welcome to SBAM, Super Bowl AM from the Irish NFL Show. Uh, today we're delighted to be joined by Nick Ferguson, former Denver Bronco, former Jeff, former Buffalo Bill. Today for so many teams, he's playing in Europe, great guy, currently working on the Denver media circuit and we're delighted to be able to chat to him. Before we do that folks, we are delighted to be partnering this weekend with a local Irish company and that company is Sisu Europe. I think they're down in Wexford or so. It's always great to support a local Irish business and Sisu who are partnering with us this week for our breakfast shows is a fantastic business. Uh, look folks, I know for a fact that I drink far too much coffee in the morning and I know that the boys with me today, Brian and Colin, how's it going boys? Uh, look boys, I think for men especially, it's very important for us whether you're in your early 20s, late 20s, or in Brian's case, early 60s, it's very important to try and stay fit and almost stay healthy. And there's such fantastic products from Sisu, Sisu.ie. They've got uh, kombucha. Kombucha, Colin? Kombucha. kombucha. I say, I say uh, kombucha, but it, that's probably my Cork accent. I don't know. So I've got the blueberry flavor here. It's it's nice. And I'll tell you what I love, boys. And I had one of these this morning, ironically, pre-recorded. I'm going to drink these on Sunday, show live two of them, the ginger and turmeric shots. Now, boys, I had a ginger shot yesterday. Honestly, I've never felt as healthy in my life. I'm being completely serious. I, think I was like fully awake. It was just class, but not in, in, in all seriousness. Uh, you know, these drinks are designed for you to try and stay healthy and also to try and get the good in, guys. That, that's, what, that's what it's all about. And you can buy a subscription on the website as well. Ginger shots, turmeric shots, but these cans do the trick as well brian how have you found these drinks so far man sisu very nice for for a man who's actually in his early who goes through about four cups of tea before 10 o'clock it was actually refreshing to change my plan this week and start off with this in the morning and i have to say it's very enjoyable and i'm on the original one at the moment because i've already gone through the two or three other ones that i was given which were very nice as well now, Colin, I'm going to try the cold press shots in the morning, the ginger and the turmeric. What? Uh, and we're going to do it live. Have you tried the shots here? Or are you going to try it live on Sunday morning? Because they look, man, like I said, the ginger one's class, but it really does give you that kick that I need. And I'm drinking too much coffee. So it's all about being healthy, isn't it? Yeah, um, certainly. I, I mean, I usually uh, try to, to walk to work, uh, but not being in the office means that's uh, not an option now. So um with the reduced exercise i need to find other ways to to try to stay a little bit more healthy because when you're at home you're snacking you can drink way more tea and coffee um so i yeah they've been they're good the i'm on the blueberry as well michael and uh they they're like they're tasty and they they you do kind of feel refreshed and uh alive after it so um i i could see me like uh, switching maybe not every day i'm still gonna have need my coffee but i'm <laughs> definitely gonna add these into the mix and if anybody knows colin colin loves coffee you can get like honestly folks there's smoothies there's everything but look for now it's all about it more sunday morning but great to be on board with csu.ie folks if you're like me like a like a lazy lad like me get on there get a subscription and they'll send it to you you don't have to leave the house in lockdown simple as that Folks, here is what Nick Ferguson has to say ahead of the biggest game in this sport tomorrow. Folks, uh, our first guest of SBAM, Super Bowl AM, I guess, on the Irish NFL show is Nick Ferguson. Nick, 
uh, a veteran now of uh, so many teams. Like you've had a great career. It's it's great to have you on here this morning. Welcome in. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And Nick, obviously, you've played for teams like the Bills, the Jets, the Broncos, the Bears. Like you played in Canada as well. You've also played in Europe because me and Colin have had you on before. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll we will start it off because this goes out to I guess a general NFL fan base in Ireland and the UK and Europe. What's your thoughts of the growth of the game overseas? Well, you know, it's definitely it's grown in some time. Obviously, you know, the whole COVID situation has kind of put uh, kind of a, a stalemate on things. But before that, it seemed like the league was doing a great job. First, it was just one game and the, the London series, and then it became two, then it was three games. So they tried to expand and explore the brand. And at one point, I actually came over to the UK to kind of uh, help push the brand on the tour. And that, that was something that was awesome. And, you, and American fans always ask me, like, well, how is our game embraced and accepted in the UK? I said, well, now a lot of fans are now looking at our game. They're loving it. They're falling in love with players. But at one point, I was wondering how the American football was going to play in the UK. And it seems as though the league has done a great job of branding. Nick, we're obviously coming up to uh, the, the big game uh, tomorrow and, uh, you know, two, uh, two head coaches who are, are both gamblers, who are both known for, for being innovative, particularly on the offense. And you played for a co- another coach just like that uh, in, in Mike Shanahan. Can you talk a, a little bit, I suppose, in terms of how influential a head coach can, can be? Because obviously there's been a lot of talk about B.A. and Andy Reid this week. Well, the first thing, let's look, look at uh, Kansas City Chiefs and what they have. Essentially, they have two head coaches. One of the guys, he's yet to receive a head coaching job, and that's Eric Bieniemy. And most people, when they talk about EB, they say, well, you know what? He's not a key cog in the will of what we've seen from the Chiefs offense. I know this because I know five people who work in that Chiefs organization and work on the team. You know, EB is an intricate part of helping create those plays. Even though you see Andy Reid with that restaurant menu type of play sheet that he's walking around with on the sideline, Eric Enemy is a huge part of that. They sit in the room, they, he creates the plays, he gives them to Andy Reid so they can call. But these two guys, man, it's like having two brains. Could you imagine how much you could accomplish in life if you had two brains like those two guys have? But, you know, they, they do a lot with uh, understanding their personnel and this is where a lot of coaches fail and Mike Shanahan was referenced in the question before I mean this is what makes great coaches great you have to understand the strengths and the weaknesses of your players and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy they, they know their players well now shifting to the buck side of the ball Byron Leftwich and Bruce Arians I mean Bruce Ar- Bruce knows Byron and Byron knows Bruce from their days back with the Steelers And the Steelers' way of football is play great defense and run the ball. And early on in the season, we saw the Tampa uh, offense struggle somewhat because that's not the style of offense that Brady has has definitely had a lot of success with. It is getting the ball out of his hand really quickly, handing the ball off to the running backs, but take shots down the field, but predetermined shots down the field. Now they seem like they have everything clicking on all cylinders which is going to make for a great game. 
Nick, can I just uh, touch on your own career? You, you were fortunate to play with a number of teams. Is there one particular coach that you feel had the, the greatest influence on you throughout your years, or is there one particular team where you felt most comfortable playing? Well, I, I would say that there, there's two coaches. Uh, the first coach would be Bill Parcells, because as a player, he scared the crap out of me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm man enough to actually say that because he was one of those guys that was going to challenge you every single day. Your job was on the line every single day, not every year, but every, every single day. If you made a mistake in the game, you did, that was one person you did not want to see because you knew that he was going to hold you accountable. And I've actually seen guys actually cut because they made mistakes in the game. So he was one of those guys that I, I kind of ran into early on in my career who set me down. He said, look, Hey, listen, you played in NFL Europe, you played in the CFL. If you continue with the hard work and drive that you've shown thus far, you can play in this league for a long time. And those words kind of stuck with me. And they, they kind of helped me move through my career, especially when I had, uh, you know, issues where I was competing for a job, a team did something in a negative way as far as, uh, you know, bringing in other guys and trying to move me out of starting role. But the other guy, I definitely have to give a lot of credit to because I don't get to Parcells if it's not for Wade Phillips. And Wade Phillips was my head coach with the Buffalo Bills. And, and Wade did something, guys, that you normally don't see in the world of the NFL. When, when a guy is released from, from the team, usually it's someone else other than the coach that delivers the bad news. Wade came in to deliver the bad news himself and he also said, look, if you clear waivers, we will bring you back. Now, in, in the business of football, most people tell you things, but they don't always back that up. So those two guys actually, you know, the reason I was able to play 10 years, Wade giving me my first opportunity and Parcel scaring the crap out of me. So... I'm a Giants fan, so having watched the years of the Parcells videos on the sideline where he's just abusing players coming off the field, he, he, he looks very scary. Yeah, yeah he, can, he, he can be really intimidating. I mean, once again, that's the great thing I love about this game and I love about Parcells. He's going to push you to uh, pack, push you past your threshold. And, so, and those guys who actually are able to deal with it, you become a Parcells guy. If you don't, then you end up being the guy on the street. Brian's terrified of Parcells as a fan, alone, alone <laughs> a player. So, and, and Nick, I've got to come back to you. You say Andy Reid's going down the sidelines with the restaurant list of play calls. No, I, I just think it's just the restaurant list he's got there, to be honest with you. Um, but before I go on with a question, I actually, guys, we haven't complimented Nick. That is the most impressive man cave behind you with all your helmets from your stocks and footballs. I mean, that that is awesome. Look, yeah. you know, I want to replicate that in my house already. I just need to, I don't know, play <laughs> NFL Europe, CFL, and the NFL over a decade. That might, that might work. We're, we're talking about coaches, Nick. And, you know, in all your stops, you had lots of coaches. Uh, you actually took up coaching yourself as well. Then you had a few internship stops and you were an assistant coach with the 49ers. Um, I, I don't want to dwell on the coach. I want to dwell on the players sometimes. We talk about the fact that NFL players make normal people feel very ordinary indeed. Because every Sunday we see them performing superhuman feats of agility, of balance, of just sheer unbelievable talent. And that's... 
especially true in your former position, you know, in the secondary or indeed your direct opposition, the wide receivers. In all your time, whether as a player or a coach, is there any one player or one play that you yourself were just, other than the ones you made yourself, of course, but, you know, that you were just like, oh, my God, how did that happen and who is that guy? Well, yeah, uh, Champ Bailey. Uh, We were playing the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and Bill Parcells was uh, the head coach of the Cowboys at that time. Uh, Terry Glenn was a wide receiver and Drew Bledsoe, two guys who played for him when he was coaching for the New England Patriots. And Keyshawn Johnson was on that team as well. So Keyshawn is an intricate part of the story. Now, Champ Bailey was playing in what we call a three-deep coverage, meaning that as though he's not supposed to allow any receiver to get past him vertically. And we had someone else playing what we call the five-yard flat area. So Drew Bledsoe decided that he was going to throw a quick five-yard out pattern to Keyshawn Johnson. And what he didn't anticipate, and none of us anticipated, but Champ Bailey picked off that five-yard route. Now, what makes this thing so extraordinary, he was at 12 yards at first, but he had enough you know, anticipation and speed to get back to five yards and intercept the ball and race down the right sideline for a touchdown. And at that point, I had never seen anything like that before. Now, I've seen Champ do so many things in practice, but to actually go out in the game and do something like that where you pick off a pass that was intended for a receiver at five yards and you're at 12, that was just extraordinary. I was just like, man, is this guy the Terminator? Is he a robot? Because he just would do so many things that leave you scratching your head. Like, I, I, I don't believe that. But that was Champ Bailey. And going from Champ to another guy on, on the same team you played with for a while, uh, your friend John Lynch. We had Peter King on here a few weeks ago, and we were asking, I actually asked Peter King about, you know, guys like Carl Mecklenburg. Do you think the Broncos are, are you know, obviously asking the Broncos question, are the Broncos underrepresented in the Hall of Fame? You were speaking to the Broncos uh, TV the other day, obviously, about about uh, John Lynch. Do you think this is his year? Because P- Peter King, Nick, seems to think it when he was speaking to us. Well, I, I hope so. Because any time that you have been in this position eight times and you've made the final 15, it's like, listen, man, it, this is a no-brainer. Everything that he's done has led us to this point. And if you continue to make him a finalist eight years in a row, you know that he deserves to be in the hall. It's just a matter of, you know, David Baker knocking on the door and making it official. So I'm I'm hoping that it's time for John to finally get in. And when I look at it, guys, I look at the Tampa Bay defense that he was a part of. Derek Brooks and Warren Sapp are already in the hall. And John was an intricate part of, Tony Dungy and that defense playing the way that they play. So how can you not allow him? Now, I've heard this too from individuals who do have, you know, Hall of Fame votes. The idea is it's hard to get multiple guys from the same team into the hall. Like last year, Steve Atwater finally got in. So now we have Peyton Manning going in and then John Lynch as well. So do they consider... Peyton as a Colt or a Bronco, because if they do, the idea is that they kind of offset one another, which I think is stupid. You should allow a guy to get in based on his merit. So 
I'm hoping that they finally give John his validation. Um, Nick, that can work both ways as well, because Peyton's there. If you consider him a cult, Reggie Wayne's also up for the Hall of Fame this year. So does that bar exactly. Reggie in that regard? Well, it, it could, but it all depends on the people in the room, because as the Hall of Fame moves from year to year, there are new people who come in the room. And some of those individuals are young individuals, and they may not have seen John Lynch play. They, they may not have seen Reggie Wayne play. So there may be a little ageism that takes place, but I'm like this, whether you're an older guy or you're a younger guy, just go back and watch the film and just look at a guy and see how did he change the game. And anyone who's ever watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, maybe in the 90s and 2000s, they, you couldn't watch the Bucs without seeing 47 roam around the field, hitting people in their face. And he was one of those physical guys. And when you are able to bring that type of physicality to the game and intimidate the opposing offense, you're doing something right. And another reason why John should be in a hall. We've got the intrigue of what's going to happen with the hall, the intrigue of what's going to happen with the game, but we've also got the intrigue of this offseason and uh, the quarterback carousel that uh, keeps on moving because the latest move appears to be that Carson Wentz is, is on his way to Chicago. I suppose just interested in, in your thoughts on that move, but also where, where do the rest of the dominoes do you think end up, um, you know, when, when the dust settles on this? How, how many QB moves might we see this offseason? You know what? This is a crazy offseason. It's going to be like an NBA offseason because usually only in the NBA and Major League Baseball do we see like maybe three team trades and players are constantly moving around. But we're definitely on the verge of, of seeing that. So right now, we're still waiting to see what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. And well, will he stay with the Houston Texans? Will he choose to sit out the 2021 season? We don't know, but we know a lot of teams are in play for the talent of Deshaun Watson. The Dolphins, we look at the fact that maybe the San Francisco 49ers, the New York Jets, and even the Denver Broncos. And here's one place that should be in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. That should be the Indianapolis Colts. They don't have a quarterback right now. Right, Philip Rivers retired. Jacoby Brissett will be a free agent. Could you imagine what the Colts would look like with their running game, their defense, and Deshaun Watson? So it's going to be interesting. And now, once again, let's take a look at San Francisco. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. They're not really sold on Jimmy. So could we see Kirk Cousins traded for in Minnesota goes back to San Francisco to rejoin Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo ends up with New England Patriots. So now you're talking about the carousel of quarterbacks. The water has now been muddy if that happens. And if Carson Wentz goes to Chicago, then that, that's really going to change things because what happens with Mitchell Trubisky? What happens with Nick Foles? Will Nick Foles now go to, I don't know, Indy? Or will he go to the Philadelphia Eagles? So th there's a lot of, to chew on, and it's going to give us all a lot of content moving forward i'd imagine on the on the texan situation they'll want them traded out of the afc and into the nfc so they the likelihood of them coming up against them very often is slim but um yeah it will be an exciting offseason but we still got one more game to, dis to discuss so just your overall thoughts on the game nick um tomorrow in terms of what you what your expectation is 
Well, I, I love the matchup on, on both sides uh, of the ball. The last time these two teams met early in the season, Kansas City won 27-24. And that was the game where Tyreek Hill had uh, over more than, what, 200 yards or something before halftime passing. So Carlton Davis, who was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers corner who received the responsibility of covering Tyreek Hill, he struggled just like everyone else in the league. But Tom had enough uh, offense to kind of keep them in the game. So it's going to be interesting because we, we, we constantly hear about the offensive weapons on both sides of the ball. But I got a little defensive bias here, if you guys will. I mean, I look at Tyron Matthew and, and, and Frank Clark for the Kansas City Chiefs, and I think, like, that's a great guy in the secondary. Spagnuolo does a great job of blitzing him and moving him around. You know, Frank Clark does a great job of putting a lot of pressure. And Tom is not a mobile guy. He, he plays with cement shoes. So that's going to be a problem for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that they're going to have to manage. But I'm going to kind of push, you know, all my chips to the center of the table for the Bucs because when we break down the defensive side of the ball, the Bucs have the better defense. Now, we look at, well, well, Jordan Whitehead, will he be back because he injured his shoulder against the Green Bay Packers? You know, you look at Antonio Winfield Jr., I played with his dad. Will he be back because he suffered an ankle injury? And then it's Antonio Brown who's nursing a knee injury. If all those guys are able to come back, they're going to present some issues and some challenges for the Kansas City Chiefs. But keep this in mind, the Kansas City Chiefs are playing with two backup tackles, left and right tackle. So because of that, and then I look at JPP, who's been to a Super Bowl before, Shaq Barrett, who's been to a Super Bowl before, those guys know how to, they know how to get after a quarterback. So if Patrick Mahomes is constantly under duress, he can't take those shots down the field to Tyreek Hill. You'll probably see a game where Travis Kelsey may have 11 receptions for, for 120 yards and no touchdowns because that's his quick outlet. But I'm going to roll with the Bucks because I love defense and I love quarterback pressure. Uh, yeah, Nick, as you allude, Mitchell Swartz and Eric Fisher missing uh, for the game, which are big losses for the Chiefs. And a reminder to everyone that tomorrow on Super Sunday, we have Brian Baldinger, who obviously will give his thoughts on the O-line and the approach they might take in that absence. Um, I've got to ask you, Nick, you're you know, a, an XD back. You're a com super competitive guy. I'm sure you would love some of these matchups today. I mean, like, well, tomorrow, whether it's uh, Evans or Goodwin, uh, Godwin, sorry, or Brown or... You know, Tyreek, uh, you know, Sammy Watkins, like the list goes on. But there is one, and I know Colm is a big believer in this, there is one fundamental X difference. And it used to be Gronk, but it's now probably the tight end on the other side. Um, we mentioned John Lynch earlier, and I remember at the very end of his career, if you'll allow me a segue, um, Bill Belichick brought him into the Patriots and tried to convert him into like a linebacker so he could cover athletic tight ends. And after about a few practices, he turned around to Lynch and he said, John, you're a Hall of Fame safety, but I tell you, you're not a linebacker in any way, shape or form. <laughs> um, but now teams have that problem. If you don't have that hybrid character, if you put a cornerback on him, he's going to mill them over and probably still outrun them. If you put a linebacker around him, he's going to destroy you in the receiving game. How would you coach against him or indeed you play against him if it was you tomorrow? Well, understanding that uh, it's kind of a push-pull type of situation, especially with those tight ends, whether it's Gronk, 
Tony Gonzalez or even Travis Kelsey, those are big basketball body type guys. So they're going to try to post you up. So it's always a fight for position. And the last thing you want to do is kind of give up too much ground. But, you know, a lot of those guys, they're not that fast. So you want to make sure they work their feet at the line of scrimmage because a lot of those routes, they're timing routes. How quickly can you get off the ball, beat press coverage? And then sometimes mix up your coverage. If you know that you're going to play zone, walk up to that guy like you're going to play press coverage, and then on the snap of the ball, you can bail out. So now you put the quarterback in situations where he's constantly thinking, are you playing man? Are you playing zone? But you just can't give up a free release. And I've seen that with a lot of these tight ends because the guy's afraid due to the size. Understand, they are not going to outrun you, right? You just want to to be in a position what we call in phase, which means that you are really close to that particular wide receiver to force a tough throw. And you just hope that your defensive line and your safeties actually are there to kind of help you out. But you, you win, Champ Bailey once told me this, you win on upfield vertical routes by winning at the line of scrimmage. Because if you give these big guys any room off the line, once again, just by sure body mass, they're bigger than you are. And they just turn around and catch the ball and fall over for a first down or a touchdown. You have to make them work so they know 60 minutes, this is going to be a dogfight. And if you want a reception, you're going to have to work your butt off to get it. I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to it, Nick. And just, just before we go, uh, we've had we've had Stink, uh, we have Stokely on tonight. And I'm just realizing now, I think we've had, we've had half of 104.3 on this week. Uh, <laughs> Can you maybe tell us, because it's the one station that isn't geoblocked here, can you maybe tell people listening that where they can listen to you on a daily basis during the week? Yeah, absolutely. You can listen to the Nick and Cece show 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Mountain Time here in the Mile High City on 104.3 The Fan. And when we're not on air like tonight, there's a hockey game being broadcast in our time slot. So we will be on Twitch, and you can go to uh, DenverFan.com or 1043TheFan.com to find the Nick and Cecil show. And my Instagram and Twitter handles are the same to make it easy for everyone. So it's at Nick Ferguson underscore 25. And if you're not like uh, Mark here and up at 7 p.m. Mountain or 2 a.m. over here in Ireland, you can get the <laughs> show on a podcast the next day. But Nick, uh, yes. you're a gentleman, man, and, and, and we obviously appreciate you taking time out of a very busy week to speak to us. And hope you enjoy the game tomorrow. Thank you very much, Nick. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm.